So yeah, we're jumping in and trying to paint Jesus with a larger brush and taking that opportunity to do so. Um, another way of thinking about it is this. We, we put together a word cloud for you guys. Uh, so let's check this out real quick. A word cloud, you take all these different words that would describe something, different terms, and you mesh them all together. The ones that have more significance, you make those larger, more predominant within that word cloud. And so we did that with some of the words that we often use, whether it be uh, this time of the year, angel or, or stable or um, possibly germer boy or baby, different things. And then you see the larger words, glory and the lamb and creator and God in flesh. Those are the things that we're really wanting to emphasize. And again, it doesn't mean that those other words don't matter. It's just sometimes we get so caught up in the smaller things. Sometimes we get flustered in our own life with things that shouldn't matter as much as they do. We give too much authority to something that is small, and we treat it as though it's much larger and more important than it actually is. And so with Jesus, what we want to do is we want to better make sure that we're emphasizing that Jesus is the Word, John chapter 1, that Jesus is the Creator, that He is the glory of God, that He is the Lamb of God, because if we can start painting Jesus with a bigger brush, every part, every aspect of our life does begin to shift and it starts to look different. Our relationships start to look different. The way that we speak to each other starts to look different. So we're going to be able to do that today in order to be able to paint a bigger brush. Even use a sprayer when, uh, paint with a bigger brush or use that sprayer when necessary to see a bigger view of who Jesus really is. Um, this is John, John chapter 1. And it's the beloved disciple who's writing this. Uh, it's always fun to think about who and what all he did. This was a, a dearly loved individual with Jesus Christ. In fact, it was this guy that Jesus said, hey, watch over my mother. Right? And just the responsibility of that, knowing that they're intimate enough, they're close enough where, where Jesus is saying, hey, make sure that you take care of my mom. I know for me that would mean a tremendous amount. And so it shows you how close they were and how they related to one another. It's the same guy that John is now. He, he saw this guy. Here's, here's Jesus. It's the one who was born in a nativity, right? But also, um, this is the guy who was baptized by John the Baptist. First a miracle wedding at Cana, water into wine. Here's this guy who's doing all these miracles. And yet now John is describing him and wanting to make sure that we understand um, the significance of who he is. That he's even more than that. That he is the word and the creator. And so here, he, he's throwing all of this out there for us. And he's letting us see all of this. And so in order for us to be able to comprehend it even more so, this is what I would like us to do. I know that uh, Catherine came out and she read the word of God to us before. But I want to invite you to read the word of God aloud. Uh, I'm going to get us started and then I'm going to let you guys do it. Um, because I think this part of our worship. Our worship should be larger the more you understand what Christ has done for you. So if you would, let's stand together again. I know you probably just got comfortable, right? That's okay. Put the back of the seat back up. Stand up. And uh, it's John chapter 1, 1 through 5. I'll start it, and then I'll let you guys just kind of run with it. How about that? So let's all jump in together right now. John chapter 1, 1 through 5. Let's read together. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God.
Amen. Uh, now in Spanish. Oh, I'm just kidding. You may be seated. Should have said Greek. So here, what we have is John jumping in and painting a, this majestic picture of who Jesus is. And he wants us to read about Jesus. We, he wants us to have the knowledge of Jesus that he was God and with God from the very beginning. He's wanting us to understand that this is the same person, right? The same one who laid down his life for us is the same one who is the creator. And I get it. We, we talked about even last week with the mystery of the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And we have this mystery as well where we're trying to compute, we're trying to process that Jesus is all of these things. But here he is and he's, he's telling us, listen, a, a good way to understand the depth and the intimacy of Jesus is you look at John 15, 13. Right? It's one of the passages you can scribble down. It talks about greater love uh, uh, has nothing than this than a man would lay down his life for his friends. We, we look at that and go, wow. And so we're seeing the intimacy, and yet John is also reminding us that this is the same person who is the creator, was with God from the very beginning, who is God. So we need to process this better. Because John wants you to know and to believe in a magnificent Savior. That Jesus is God in flesh. Whatever else you may believe about Jesus, you must know, and this is from last week, that Jesus is God in flesh. That's who he is, that Jesus is God in flesh. And so we're able to process some of this, and we're going to be able to look um, at the Old Testament as well, primarily in the book of Genesis, a little bit in Proverbs, a little bit in Psalms, because, again, I'm wanting to make sure you understand the power and the significance of what it is that God, over the course of thousands of years, right, these aren't all people. When you're looking at Genesis and you're looking in, in Psalms and you're looking in Proverbs and then you're looking at a thousand years after that at the Gospel of John, maybe even a little bit more than that, you're, what you're doing is you're seeing the power of God, that everything lines up perfectly. And you start to give it more significance. And I'm going to call out, just like I do every week, a lot of different verses for you. Because let's be honest, I know that the vast majority of people, right, we know this. That's why I do it. We, they don't read the word of God during the week. So if you can just read these passages throughout the week, it will stir your heart. It will begin to fill your heart with the word of God. And you're going to want to do it more and more and more. So one of those passages for us to be able to examine today, of course, we're looking at John chapter 1. And it's somewhat of... Um, I'll go and tell you, John, John chapter 1, in many ways, um, it works in concert. It works in harmony uh, with Genesis chapter 1. There's a parallel narrative is what we would call that. So here's this parallel narrative of John, uh, John chapter 1 and Genesis chapter 1. And I want to share some of what's unfolding here. Uh, John chapter 1, verse 3. You just read it, but let me remind you. It says this, all things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made. So all things were made through him. Now, uh, what we find in Genesis chapter 1, verse 3, is this. Um, Genesis chapter 1, it says, And God said, and God said. By the way, he's, he mentions that very language. And God said. Ten different times in Genesis chapter 1. And he's doing that to make an emphasis, okay? So ten different times he's doing that very thing in Genesis chapter 1. And it says, and God said, let there be light. And there was light. 
And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness, and God called the light day, and the darkness he called night, and there was evening, and there was morning the first day. And then in God's setting, he talked about the second day, and he just keeps going, and he shows the significance of all of these different things, right? And he's letting us know that there's this beautiful parallel about how God, all things were made through Christ, and yet here's God as well coming and saying, I made the light. Now, we're going to get into the light as well because John speaks about uh, 21 different times he mentions Jesus as being light in just his gospel alone. Just the gospel. Because you also have the epistles and then you have the book of Revelation that was penned by John also. So 20 different, 21 different times he refers to Jesus as being light. And so we see some of the significance of what's unfolding here. In Proverbs 3.19, a wonderful passage to be able to write down that is a, a parallel to John chapter 1. In Proverbs 3.19, it says, By means of wisdom, Yahweh founded the land. By means of understanding, he established the skies. It's the same type of language we find in Genesis chapter 1, but we're going to find it also in talking about Jesus as creator. In Psalm 33, verse 6, it says, By means of the word of Yahweh, the skies were made. And by the breath of his mouth, all their host. We see from the letters of Paul, Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1, verse 16 through 17 says, For by him all things were created, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And so here's Paul talking about the significance and the power of Jesus Christ. We have got to start seeing Jesus as more than the baby. We have to. And one of the primary reasons we don't, sometimes I think we're scared of it. And here's why. Here's what we pretty much all have in common. We don't like change. And if you don't like change, it means that growth scares you. Because if growth happens, that means you must change. We all like our routines, right? I make it the same way every day around 6 o'clock. I'm going to wake up. Um, I'm going to go downstairs. But because my wife is all disciplined, she would have already worked out and, like, done some other stuff. And then I have coffee waiting on her when she comes back downstairs um, from going upstairs, all these different things. And then I come, take my kids to school around 7.30. I get to work. Same routine every day. And I like my routine. Don't mess with my routine. And we're all that way. I'm, I'm, most people would say, Joel, you love change. I would just simply say, I, love, I will embrace it more quickly than most. But we all like to do what we do, right? And, and as a result of that, some of us, we don't really want to see Jesus as being greater. Because if we start seeing Jesus for being the word of God and for the, being the creator, for all that he really is, that he is more than a baby, that means we have to start changing our actions and our words, we even may need to change some family traditions at Christmas. Because the ones that we've been doing for years and years and years are not adequate enough to truly portray who we believe Jesus to now be. And we don't like that. Don't mess with my traditions. And we'll get upset about it. No, this is what we're doing. Like some, some people, like you have to eat certain things. I grew up, New Year's Day, what do you have to eat? I'm from the South. I don't know if you guys do this. Black-eyed peas? You have to. And you wrap pennies inside and th- with aluminum foil and throw those in the black-eyed peas. I have no idea what it means. 
But we did it every year. And if you found a penny, I think it meant you would, I have no idea what it meant. We like our traditions, though. Now, fortunately, I can tell you, our family, we did not continue that tradition. But we like our tradition. We like, some of you, you get new pajamas every Christmas, and you get to wear those new pajamas. And if you don't get those new pajamas, it's just not Christmas. Anybody want to profess, like, confess to that? A few of you, wow. You're a people of courage. Um, we've got our tradition. We like, we like what we know. And if we start truly seeing Jesus as being even the creator of the world, and we start to understand that's who we get to worship, that's who we get to bow down to, that means other things are going to start to change because we're growing in that understanding, and we can't keep doing the same thing to express something that's greater than what we were expressing before. You're following me, yes. You're following me, right? And that means we got to start processing this better than we have before. And so it tells us in John chapter 1, Jesus is this creator, and he's done these magnificent things. And we see it in Genesis, and we see it in Proverbs, we see it in Psalms. The story of Jesus is the culmination of the story of creation. This is what it is. It's, and it's so much of what Josh was even leading up to when he was speaking earlier, standing up here. So much of what Jesus is 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 Jesus being God himself saying, you know what, they need my help, I'm going to go and save them. I remember um, my, my oldest, when he was very, very young, um, all of a sudden we we're living in uh, the northeast and I see him, we had a street, pretty busy street in front of our house, and um, all of a sudden I look up and I see him as a little baby, a young one, um, in the middle of the road. Um, now, we can get into parenting issues later, um, and, but all of a sudden, I looked at him, and I start going, and I open up the door, and I start yelling, no, get out of the road. Like, I'm yelling, yelling, like, and he just starts crying, right? He wasn't cute. I just said he started crying. Um, and so all of a sudden, he starts crying because I scared him so bad, because why? I was scared for him. And... You know, you've done that before maybe with kids, and you're like, you want to go and you want to chase after them if you see danger coming. And that's what God did for us in flesh. He said, you know what? The humanity is falling apart, and there's a fallen humanity, and it's dark, and it's grim. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to go chase after them in flesh through my son, Jesus Christ, to rescue them from darkness. That's a good story. And so that's what he's done for us. And he starts chasing after us. Now here's the problem with some of us. Um, you know those kids who are just stubborn and you're trying to help them. They don't recognize the danger that they're in. And so they turn and run away from you as you're trying to help them. And honestly, that's some of us. And God is chasing us. And we've actually turned and said, no, I got it on my own, not knowing the danger that's coming. And so understanding that Jesus is creator, that Jesus is jumping in, God is altering all of humanity by allowing his son to come, is important. 
Because the story of Jesus is the culmination of the story of all of creation. Jesus, who is the creator God, became human to bring salvation to humanity. He's more than a baby. Another passage to go along with that would be 2 Timothy chapter 1, uh, verse 8 and 10. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 8 and 10. It says, therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God who saved us, called us to a holy calling. Not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before he gave us in Christ Jesus, before the ages began. And which now has been manifested through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus. And it's letting us know that Christ was there before, but he is also the power that brings life. It's another interesting thing. John mentions that word life 36 times in the gospel. He refers to Jesus 36 times as being life. Right? We, we see it over and over and over again. One example would be um, John chapter 6, verse 35, where it refers to him as being the bread of life. It really just lets you know if you're hungry, come eat of him and you'll never be hungry again. John 6, 35. 36 times he refers to Jesus as being this life because he recognizes that he created life and now he is also now giving life through the redemption of Jesus Christ. He's more than a baby. And we, re- we see that it's through Jesus that we find this life. And Jesus' ability to grant life to those who walk in darkness is astounding. And he has the ability, he has the authority to grant such life because he was there in the beginning. And we see this happening, that Jesus is life and we see that he is even the light. The same, the same passage, John chapter 1, verse 4 and 5 that you read previously speaks a lot about him being the light. Genesis chapter 1 speaks a lot about the light as well and the significance of it. And that's one of the things, one of the characteristics that we see of Jesus himself, that he's also this light. Why? Because he needed to step into the darkness because the darkness was symbolic of Israel's exile. But also it's symbolic of recognizing our own spiritual state, the state of the sinner which is lost and pursuing our own desires rather than the desires of God. Like this needs to rattle. So many, this is what we're finding in churches today is that when you start speaking like this, what happens is people just go, oh, I don't know if I'm interested. You, you need to be interested in this. Because this alters, this altered humanity. And he's jumping into the picture here, and he's letting us know, here he is as the light of the world. It tells us that, John chapter uh, 8, verse 12. We see that very, very clearly. He says, I'm the light of the world. If you walk with me, you'll never walk in darkness. You are the light of life. We see it. So he's calling this out for us. Him being the light, creator, light himself, makes life possible in the physical world. And Jesus being this light also makes salvation possible in the spiritual world. 
Paul says it like this in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6. He says, For God who said, Let light shine out of the darkness, has shown in our hearts, right? He's shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And it doesn't even stop there. Isaiah predicted all of this, that he would be referred to, that Jesus, the Messiah, would come, and he would even be referred to as the light. Again, a thousand years prior, it tells us in Isaiah 49, verse 6, he says the following. He says that I will make you as a light for the nations, that my salvation may reach to the end of the earth. We need to see Jesus as more than a baby. Because now he's calling out to us and he's letting us know, yes, he is life. He is also light. And now we're to reflect the light. One of the things I would tell people is, we, you know, one of the, things, the jobs we have is we need to go be the moon. Right? The moon doesn't produce its own light. Right? What does it do? Where does it light, the light come from? It's reflecting the light of what? The sun. So don't we, we want to go be the moon in a lot of ways, and we want to go and reflect the light of Christ in the way that we're living. We want to reflect that. We want to be able to project that wherever we're going. We want to recognize the significance of it, and we want to be able to do that and know that Christ is worthy of such things. All of this understanding really leads to us going, okay, God is greater, Jesus is greater than I ever have known before. He is worthy that I give him more attention. He's worthy that I focus on him more. He's worthy that I speak about him different, that I even change traditions because I want to give him more glory and more honor, and I want to be able to do that very thing. That's what it leads to. And so this is what I want to, I want to be able to conclude with today. Um, this is not in your notes at all because um, I was just, over the last couple of days, I'm really praying about going, and God convicted me that I needed to be able to add, add this to it. So what I'd like to do is give you five ways, all rooted in Scripture. I'm going to call them out to you, five ways that we can paint a bigger picture of Jesus in our life. Five ways that we can paint a bigger picture of Jesus in our life. All right. Five ways. So here's the very first thing, and I just if you could write it down somewhere, that would be great, or put it on your phone. Um, but here's the first way we can paint a bigger picture of Jesus is that we can put on the light. And I'm going to explain what that means. We can put on the light. One of the ways that thinking about putting on the light is that we can be countercultural. Here's scripture for you, Romans 13, 12. It tells us to cast off the works of darkness and to put on, so I said put on the light, to put on the armor of light. To put on Christ. Here's one of the, the, the significance uh, some of the significance of putting on Christ, putting on the light, is that it gives you a different view of everything that's taking place in your life. You don't care about anything that's threatening you. You just want to reflect Jesus. If I do this, what's it going to say about me? You don't care about that anymore. You just want to do everything that reflects Jesus. And so you want to put on the light. Romans 13, 14, another passage that goes with that says, put on, literally, it says, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. So we want, we want to be able to do that. It's one way that we um, can paint a bigger picture of Jesus is if we start to do that. Another way is to share the light. We know that we need to be able to share the light. Um, Matthew 5, 16 tells us that, to let our light shine before others. Matthew 5, 16, beginning of the Sermon on the Mount. 
And so we have that opportunity to not only put on the light, but to share the light with other people. And this is something, uh, it can be a, a gut check. But if you're not sharing about Jesus with others, you're needing some serious examination about what your current view of Jesus is. And I would argue very quickly that your view of him is way too small. I just want us to let that marinate a little bit. So we get to put on the light. We get to share the light. But also a third thing that we can do to paint a bigger picture of Jesus with our own lives, another word that we love is sacrifice. Doesn't that just make you giddy every time you hear the word sacrifice? Whenever you get to display a characteristic of Jesus Christ, it brings you closer to Jesus Christ. Anything that Christ has done, when we get to emulate that, it brings us closer to Jesus Christ. That's what we want to do. We know that we need to sacrifice. He tells us Romans 12, 1, right? Uh, he says, brothers and sisters, right, I urge you in view of God's mercies, what? To offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. That's pure worship. Offering yourselves as a living sacrifice, saying, God, I'm yours. Use me in any way I want. Um, some of the people in this church, one of the greatest ways they sacrifice is through their time and their energy. I'm just here all the time working and these chairs, the number of times they go up and down and up and down and the number of kids that are cared for and loved for, that's your sacrifice. And that's a wonderful thing, but we need to sacrifice for the Lord. It reminds us of what Christ has done in sacrificing for us. For some, it's financial. And the majority of people, we already know that um, the way that they consider giving back is they, they do what they want to do, right? And then if there's something left that they feel comfortable with, they give. I, I'll challenge everybody to actually just for three months, January, February, March, actually tithe for three months and see how it changes your life. To make those adjustments in your life. So you need to put on the light, you need to share the light, you need to sacrifice. Another thing, though, another way to paint a bigger picture of Jesus with your life is to encourage, not criticize. Our world is so negative today, it's easier than ever to stand apart and to share the love of Jesus Christ. You can truly, it's just, it, it's so much easier. Because people are like, why aren't you negative? <laughs> well, let me tell you, because... I have an eternal view, eternal perspective. And simply by encouraging others, and we see there's scripture after scripture about encouraging the importance of being able to do it, but encouraging others is one of the ways that you can paint a bigger picture of job with your life. I'll give you another one. Last thing is we can worship deeply. We can worship deeply. Psalm 40, verse 1 through 3, especially at the, uh, the end of uh, verse 3, he lets them know, praise be to our Lord and our God. For many will, he's referring to their worship, and he's going to say, many will see it and they will fear it. And then as a result of that, they will trust in the Lord. When people see our worship, it should get their attention. 
because they see that we have a different understanding of who God is. And that's really the purpose of this series is to get you to see a greater view of who Jesus is. We, we almost just want to shake and go, shake everybody a little bit and go, there's more, there's more. Like, let the other stuff fall off. There's more. And we know that as long as you carry everything you've carried from the past, if you're spending all your energy carrying that, which is still limited because you still didn't have a full knowledge of Jesus Christ, then you can't then pick up something even bigger in understanding who he is. And that's why we're so desperate. I'm just desperate for people to actually comprehend that Jesus is God in flesh and that he is the creator of all things. And that what God did, right, he said, man, they are running into the street. I've tried to tell them over and over, do this, do this. They don't listen to me. And now they're in the middle of a 12-lane highway, and I'm going to go in flesh and rescue them in the name of Jesus Christ. And some of you are still going, I already understand enough. I don't need to worry about it. And so here comes Jesus running into the highway to save every single person. And you're actually running down the other way. And going, I've already got it all figured out. I don't need to worry about it. This is my life. This is how I'm going to live it. And he's going, don't you under, don't, don't we understand that Jesus' plans for your life are far greater than your plans for your life? And he's going, don't you get that? That I have so much more and you're busy playing in the street and I'm going, I want you to join with me and declaring the, ma the majesty of salvation. What are you giving your time to? And he's wanting us to hear that. Jesus is so much more than a baby. He is the author and the perfecter of life. So good and so rich to be able to process and to understand how great he really is. Will you stand with me? And I want to just pray for you as I just look at you. Because I am praying that you know the majesty of who he is. And I am praying that you know that he is more than a baby. And I'm praying that you will allow him to not only transform your life, but to use you in transforming other lives as you project and speak and call out his great news. Let's worship that God. If you just would repeat, Jesus is the light of the world. Jesus is the great I am. Don't ever forget.